High Noon. This is News Talk. And you're very welcome back to High Noon with Kira Kelly here on News Talk. Now, tomorrow is obviously Budget Day and uh, the budget will be announced in the Doyle Chamber tomorrow. And we've heard plenty over the last number of weeks about what the government want to uh, do and what they might do and all the kite flying has gone on. And we've also heard from many of the main opposition parties. But right now, though, I'm going to talk to two of the relative veterans of the Doyle from smaller parties who have seen many budgets come and go and have both been involved on both sides of the House uh, at this time of year previously. It is Roisin Shortall, co-leader of the Social Democrats and Eamon Ryan, leader of the Green Party. You're both very welcome to the programme. Thank you, Thank you. Roisin, can I come to you first of all? The Social Democrats, I'm sure you're obviously sitting there in opposition and there was potential for you perhaps not to be in opposition in, in, in the current uh, sitting of the government, but, but obviously you are where you are. Particularly, what would you like to see happen tomorrow? Well, I think um, it's important to bear in mind that there isn't a huge amount of scope in terms of what can be done in the budget figures this year. But what funding is available, I think, needs to be spent on a priority basis. And that requires the government to say, right, what are the big issues facing the country that we need to start tackling now this year? And you know, I think it's important to listen to what people said in last year's general election. People were very clear that they recognised the big issues like the housing crisis, yeah. the problems in health, the, the cost of childcare, all of those kind of things. And people were saying last year on the doorsteps, you know, we want you to tackle those issues. Forget about these promises about tax cuts. Tackle the big issues facing the country. And, you know, people aren't stupid about the fact that services have to be paid for. And they recognise that you can't do everything. You can't have tax cuts and good services. And I think, you know, that message came out loud and clear last year in the election. And I think people still feel very much that way. You know, recent opinion polls would indicate that what people want is long term investment for the future so that we're dealing with the issues facing us and that we can create a stronger and more cohesive kind of society. Russian, fairer society. Reportedly, we have 300 million of a fiscal space to do some tinkering with the economy or with the society at large. Not a lot of money to fix housing, health and childcare. No, not a lot of money in that 350 million uh, euro. But, you know, if you raise then revenue from other sources, and I think there's a lot of potential for doing that, raising taxes in particular areas and raising other charges, um, it is possible to expand that fiscal space. Now, we in the Social Democrats have been making the point that the fiscal rules really need to be challenged. They're far too restrictive for us at a time when there's so much catching up that needs to happen. You know, when you consider what's happened in recent years where there's been little or no capital investment in infrastructure and things like transport, you know, our housing stock, um, our hospitals and our, our primary care centres, there's been little um, investment in those areas. So there's a huge amount of catch up in terms of capital investment that needs to happen. And we could, you know, we, we need to invest more in that area and we need to challenge those rules from Europe. But the minimum I think that we should be doing is taking on board the points that have been made by IBEC, which is to say, if you look at the actual uh, GDP that's there at the moment, that would allow us to spend an additional 400 million. So you can push the boundaries out 
Yes, uh, on on um, capital investment in infrastructure. You're talking about pushing the the, the EU the EU fiscal uh, rules and pushing the boundaries of those. Park that for one second. You mentioned raising taxes. There has been very little talk about raising taxes in tomorrow's budget. Would, what taxes specifically would the Social Democrats like to see raised? Well, we'd like to see um, taxes raised in relation to uh, sugar tax. Um, I think there's potential for raising further taxes in relation to excise on alcohol, uh, on cigarettes. Uh, We believe that there's a need for reform of the pension tax relief, which is available to high earners. um, And there's potential for raising about 120 million euros. Specifically, would you like to see the the tax relief cut to the to the lower level for for people earning above a certain amount and paying higher rates of tax? Well, it's been our view for some time that we should really operate within the existing income tax system. Um, I don't think there's scope for reducing income taxes at the moment. And certainly if you look at the kind of phony war that we've seen between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael over recent uh, weeks, you know, what they're talking about is minimal changes to the tax system, which will result in workers on average incomes getting an extra one or two euro per week. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, that's that's nonsense. That's not going to make any difference to anybody, really. And the argument that we'd make is that government would be much better off and it would be much better for everybody if they concentrated the funding that is available on cutting the cost of living and improving our services so that, you know, rather than getting an extra couple of quid in your pocket every week, wouldn't it be much better if we started the move towards universal health care, if we reduce the cost of private health insurance, for example, if we reduce the cost of sending children to school, if we reduce the cost of um, uh, transport fares, for example, a whole range of things that you could do like that, that would be, you know, would be so in you, people's interests. And would you would prefer to see an improvement in services rather than, than an extra couple of years. In services and reducing the cost of living. Can, can I bring you in here, Eamon Ryan, leader of the Green Party? You, you've heard some of what Roisin Shorthall has had to say about what she would like to see and her party would like to see in tomorrow's budget. What would the Greens be looking for ideally? We're looking to do things differently. Um, I mean, I think there's... Hey, listen, it's very welcome for the first time in about 10 years we're going back to a balanced budget. In other words, from Britain, there's as much money coming in as there is going out and that we're nearing full employment and that uh, our economy is growing. And that's all that to be welcomed. But the fear we have is that it might slightly just bring us back to the same situation we were in the early 2000s, you know, where actually then you would have an overheating economy. It's all about the business. It's all about the economic growth. It's all about that sort of model. And what that leads is just higher and higher property prices and everyone thinking that we're better off, but actually paying all the money we have in higher mortgage and higher rent. Surely, having got into and then got out of this crisis, this recent economic crisis, we won't create the same conditions that got us into it in the first place. So doing things differently and a variety of different ideas around it. Firstly, when it comes to housing, yes, we need to increase investment in housing massively. Um, but rather than the old way of doing it, where let's say social housing was done, where the Department of Environment gives a lump of cash to a local authority and says, go away and build a house there now with that. Instead, what we want to do is to what's called this cost rental model of social housing, where the local authority or the housing association is able to borrow. And and in borrowing, it's not going on the state borrowing balance sheet, so you can actually expand it uh, beyond the fiscal space. And that you have a whole range of different tenants in that social housing. So it's a real mixed development. And if someone can't afford it, then you kind of top up their rent rather than us kind of subsidising the private rented sector at the moment. We support the local authority or the housing association. 
And in that, you get a really mixed, high quality social housing and you can fund it. And it's different to the current model, but we need to do things differently. How would that be facilitated through the budget, though, Eamon? Because I think that would be, well, firstly, the government has said they want to do it, but they haven't done anything about it. They could give some seed capital to start the process to actually kind of get the ball rolling. And as I said, rather than just doing everything in the old way, do it differently. Second example, and this is in the year of social welfare, like we have a big social welfare budget. I welcome the fact that people are talking about we're starting to increase it again. But to start thinking about doing it differently, one of the ideas we had, there, there's a concept been out for a long time called basic income. And it's, it's a model of social welfare where you believe that everyone should get a kind of a basic income to live, about 200 euros a week. Uh, and that if you want to work on top of that, you're not restricted. In other words, you're not setting up a social welfare system that creates traps that's saying you lose your social welfare benefits if you start to work. Instead, you're guaranteed a basic income in social welfare and then you work on top of it, then you pay tax. One of the things we're saying is, let's start daring to think differently or do things differently or to experiment. So let's take six towns around the country where we would apply that sort of basic income model and measure it and see what happens and see how it works. And maybe we pick the towns that are maybe struggling, towns that don't have a huge long social welfare waiting or social housing waiting list, towns that need to reconfigure and revive and change the way they're working. So what we're saying is, is do it that way, where this sort of radically different way of running social welfare, you test it and try it out sample basis. But also beyond that, we're saying, okay, and also there's a whole range of other ways you could start introducing basic income. You could give a refundable tax credit. So if someone doesn't use the full amount of their tax credit, if they're only working part time, they still get the same benefit that other people do. Or similarly, those people, there's a huge number of women particularly, but sometimes men who maybe worked at home in the last 30, 40 years, they get no pension entitlements. They're completely ignored in our system. They're actually probably one of the poorest section in our society. They've been forgotten about. So we're saying allocate to that particular section. And lastly, last um, can, in this idea yeah. towards a basic income, in terms of younger people who had a cut in their social welfare in the height of the crisis, to restore that back to actually what everyone else gets. In the belief that people actually want to work, they're not kind of skiving off if you provide a dole. But there are some instances where people do need a dole if they've come back from abroad, if they're between jobs, if maybe they're involved in the arts, maybe, you know, they want to be a musician, want to be an artist, whatever. We should give people the flexibility and trust them to actually um, think about doing things differently. Eamon, the question would have to be, though, how would we how would we fund it? I mean, have you costed what it would what it would take well, to give everyone in the country yeah, 200 no, quid a week? Yeah, that's why. Well, it is expensive and you'd have to require. Very we have 350 million. Yeah, but that's one of the reasons I'm saying test it in six towns. First of all, it actually would be minimal cost to be very small because you're only looking at maybe five, ten thousand people. So there isn't a huge cost implication. But what you get from that is you're starting to test other models and see how we could do things differently. And I suppose give a signal, just come back to the broad. I mean, uh, the third element of ours would be greening the economy. I might come back to that separately. But that the whole issue about basic income and social welfare and how we're doing, it is to say it isn't all about the paid economy. It isn't all about everyone having to work all the time, ramp up the economy. It's all about economic growth, keep the whole treadmill going. Maybe to start coming at this and see it differently. Do you know what? We're richer sometimes when we invest in a cultural investment or maybe people doing a caring work. It isn't all about the paid economy. And that's what was one of the central messages. I, 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 I in hear our what budget you're saying. I'm going to bring you back in. I hear what Eamon is saying. And it's not all about the economy. It is about the society. And, and I accept it. 
and, and appreciate that. But but listening to that, Roshan, what do you think what are often referred to as the squeezed middle who maybe are paying childcare and a mortgage and are the working poor, as they would see it? They don't have much money in their pocket at the end of the week. They're struggling to pay rents and mortgages. What do you think they would feel when they hear about us giving 200 quid a week to somebody because they might like to be a musician? Well, I mean, I, I think the points that Eamon is making there, it needs some more work. We're certainly doing some work on it because there's a need to have greater kind of coordination between welfare and income from work. Um, but I'm not sure that this is the budget that it's going to happen in. And there is certainly an issue in relation to younger people and the fact that their welfare was cut. What I'd like to see is uh, much more invested in apprenticeships for young people so that there are options for people other than, you know, third level, third level. Um, and there's a lot of people who find themselves at a loss for work um, because of poor qualifications coming out of school um, and we certainly need to pay attention to that group at a time when we have nearly full employment you know people should be equipped with the skills so that they can reach their because potential we, we, there's no doubt so about that. close to full employment we do want to incentivize people to come into the workforce because uh, of the need that the workforce has for additional workers yeah Sure, but can I get back just to the point that you made there about the squeeze middle? There's a lot of people who feel very squeezed in this society. And, you know, there is a kind of notion of a social contract that operates in, in many countries where you pay a fair share of tax and in <coughs> return you get access to good quality services. That's how successful countries operate. You know, that people understand that. And so that when they're sick, they're, they are assured guaranteed services that there is childcare that is affordable, that housing is affordable. But we haven't had that in this country. People are paying a fair share of tax, but they're not getting the services in return. And that's what I believe government must be concentrating on now. It's one of the biggest responsibilities of government to ensure that there's an adequate supply of housing. Unfortunately, government has kind of washed their hands of that. They've stepped back and left housing to the market. We do need to do two particular things that Social Democrats are, are talking about in relation to housing. The first is to set up a a housing delivery agency. Government must take responsibility for that so that we can have the kind of mixed housing developments that we were talking about. You know, whether it's rental or people uh, on affordable housing uh, with with, uh, mortgages, um, whether it's public or private housing. There needs to be that kind of mixed housing development. And, you know, there's plenty of government land to do that on. But could I just say the other point in relation to housing, which is critical, is the whole question of land hoarding. There's a huge amount of land hoarding going on in the greater Dublin area and government needs needs to take that on in this budget. They need to introduce the stick there's been a lot of carrot in relation okay. to, to land hoarding, but we need now the stick to force uh, uh, speculators to free up that land to re- to drive down the cost. I, mean, of I, w- I want to bring you back in here. Lots of people are getting involved and, and I know both of you are, are talking about creating society and both you talking about investment in society mm. and, and it's not all about the economy, but but actually, a lot of people are talking about tax. They're saying if I put if you put a, put a sugar tax on, Roisin, uh, food prices may increase across the board because sugar is in nearly everything. That'll cost me money. Someone else says, talk for yourselves. I need more money in my back pocket to live. 20 euros a month tax break is welcomed by most middle income earners. And someone else says here, USC is a penal tax. We also have one of the lowest thresholds for hitting the highest band. I think it's time that companies pay the 12% uh, capital gains tax. I think they're talking about there. Uh, Corporate tax, rather. Corporation tax, yeah. uh, Which they're not doing. 12% is a great deal and needs to be collected. There are not enough taxpayers in the country to cover all costs. That's from James. Eamon, the texts are overwhelmingly coming in saying we want a tax cut. That's what people individually want. 
Yeah, and that's understandable. Of course, none of us want to pay tax in terms of, but uh, I, I would tend to agree with Roisin. I, I think we have the political judgment, I suppose, has to be in terms of can we keep people and money in people's pockets by actually investing money in the likes of housing service so that, OK, we could give a tax cut and the economy overheats and the rent prices go up and actually everything you gain goes out of your pocket straight away. You give a tax cut and then in the other pocket it goes out to pay for a higher rent. That wouldn't be clever. And, and I think there is a sort of a judgment call and where we are at the moment, as I said, if we just go back the route that we were in the early 2000s, which was down that line, tax cuts, tax cuts, um, not providing services, not investing in transport and in, in, in housing, then 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 actually you're taking from one, you're putting in one pocket but giving in the other. And also the other point I suppose why we do need to invest, and this I suppose come back to where we can grow an economy or how we have to grow an economy. The biggest threat to our economy is actually now lack of transport infrastructure, lack of housing infrastructure. If you talk to people in business, what they're pulling their hair out is that that they see is actually the biggest threat to investment. And I think there is also an opportunity for us, for the state to be involved in enterprise and developing business opportunities, particularly in that green economy I mentioned briefly, you know, to develop a whole fleet of electric vehicles, to develop solar energy system, to develop, uh, you know, really efficient economy. And, retrofitting and, yeah, programme. Improve. So I, I, and there's got a lot of jobs in that and they're going to be local jobs. It's not dependent on foreign multinationals. So I think the government can support, like make sure everyone's working, make sure people are properly paid. But just going back to the kind of early 2000s model of tax cuts, not increasing services, actually I don't think it's the economic literate thing okay. to do. My thanks there. That is Roisin Shortall, co-leader of the Social Democrats and Eamon Ryan, leader of the Green Party, both of whom in broad agreement about the I suppose the need to invest in society as opposed to, to cut taxes at some odds, odds with a lot of our, our texters but sure we will see what happens on Budget Day tomorrow. Stay tuned. Coming up next we're taking a caller on that Che Guevara stamp.